0: I've picked apples off trees personally, and eaten them. Mm,
1: That sounds really awesome if it's true. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) it
0: was. (laughs) (laughs) What's up guys? We're back.
1: What's up bros?
0: Genesis 8, baby.
1: What's up, Genesis 8, I know. I wanted to keep Eight. going last time.
0: Eight. But... Yeah, you did. You wanted to power through. But the good thing is you're still wearing the same shirt. So the spirit of Genesis 7 and 8, you've got connected.
1: Same color shirt.
0: Oh, really? It's a different shirt?
1: Uh, I don't know. I just know it's the same color as yesterday. Okay. Are you wearing a red shirt.
0: shorts? Are you doing the Superman for me? No. Oh. Green shorts. Green oh. This is
1: the Green Lantern outfit. Okay. Nice. <laughs> uh...
0: Love it. So, my favorite are your purple shorts.
1: Those are good shorts. Those yeah. are good shorts. My um,
0: favorite is when you wear the purple shorts with your baggy green shirt and you have your shirt tucked in. Mm, that's my favorite.
1: That's a good, that's a good. That's. <laughs> I don't like to bring that, I don't want people to get tired of that outfit. <laughs> um,
0: I know, you always leave me wanting more with that. That's thanks fine. for noticing, by the <laughs> way. Thanks yes. for noticing.
1: That's, that's very generous of you. Yeah, um, I like that shirt that you're wearing right now, by the way.
0: Thank you, sir. It's a wasp. Really? I've that... been I, Interesting story. I've been fighting wasps lately. There's been more and more popping up around my house. And so I bought some extra wasp spray, and I've been going after them.
1: Is, is there a – like, let's just say I wanted one of those shirts. Is there <laughs> a place for me to get one of those?
0: Yeah, hit me up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. Well, uh. Yeah, that's a great shirt. Anyways, um, well, right. do you want to kind of get into the mix here? Um,
0: yeah. So G- Genesis 8, we're going to be talking about Genesis 8 today. Um, yeah. We uh, talked about yesterday, Genesis 7. They were uh, on the ark and the flood. Um, so now we're going to kind of be wrapping up. Uh, kind of the time of the flood, um, and and just kind of seeing some very interesting things. So uh, t- today is going to be toward the end of the flood type deal. So I'll go ahead and just kick us off uh, with the first chapter. So the flood subsides, uh, chapter 8, verse 1. But God remembered Noah and all the beast and all the cattle that were with him in the ark. And God caused a wind to pass over the earth and the water subsided also the fountains of the deep and the floodgates of the sky were closed and the rain from the sky was restrained the water receded steadily from the earth and at the end of 150 days the water decreased in the seventh month on the 17th day of the month the ark rested upon the mountains of ararat the water decreased steadily until the tenth month and the 10th month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains became visible. So here we see, um, you know, that God, even though Noah was in this tough situation. Uh, a tough situation meaning that, like, it wasn't, I mean, he was spared, right? So it was, it was a blessing to be on the ark. But I try to imagine being Noah and the other people, the other seven people that were on the ark, and... Um, it appears he was in the ark a long time. Mm. And so imagine kind of being, being in that situation where you're like, uh, you're just at sea in this boat for an extended period of time. Um, and then also, you know, one of the things we already covered yesterday, I, I, I appreciate how it talks about, uh, and at the end of 150 days in the seventh month, 17th day, things like that. Like, that's so specific because this is history, yeah. right? This isn't a fable. This isn't a, a little story to teach people not to do bad things. This is this is history. And so we see these very specific uh, benchmarks of time. And also in verse 5, um, at the end of verse 5, the tops of mountains became visible. I'd like to highlight real quick in Psalm 104, <coughs> verses 6 through 8, uh, when it's referring to um, the the flood, it says you covered it with the deep as with a garment. The waters were standing above the mountains. At your rebuke, they fled. At the sound of your thunder, they hurried away. The mountains rose. The valley sank to the place which you established for them. So we see here that the flood kind of changed, the, did make changes to the geography of of the world of the earth um and so we think it it appears that mountains got higher after the flood and valleys got deeper um and and arguably the oceans got deeper um as well as as i've heard some some scholars say Mm. um obviously we don't have like this scientific geographic record right uh super specific i mean he does say that got changed but we don't have like the super specifics of of the heights and the depths and everything like that but um there is i mean all over um, yesterday we talked about how a lot of ancient cultures had their own record of a flood story and you know science so atheistic science also shows like marine life fossils that are found near the tops of mountains and so that's just such an interesting thing um, that we see, and so that's explained by a worldwide flood. And there, there's lots of science. There's lots of secular science that supports this idea of a worldwide flood.
1: Mm. Yeah, I completely agree. And one of the things that I think would be really cool is for us to put some maybe links to some of those articles in the description box, so that people can go and look into that themselves. You know, mm-hmm. and. And maybe have a better explanation as to why that might have happened. If there was a worldwide flood, why would you find marine creatures in the fossil record on top of mountains? Yeah. And obviously me and Justin come from the position that the Bible is true and we take it very literally. Other people might take the position that everything that's in a science book is true and take that very literally and take take that as 100% fact and what i mean by some of these science books is maybe uh, old to earth right billions of years old or not a worldwide flood or whatever whatever you want to say here with regards to fossils you know were, were fossils the the product of the flood or were they product of billions of years etc and so i think um at the very least, I, I think there's two different belief systems here. We need to establish that there's two different belief systems. You have the, a belief system of an old Earth and you have a belief system of a young Earth, and I get it that while the, all the schools teach an old Earth ideology or methodology or belief system, I think it's super important to recognize that at the end of the day that is a belief system. And there are a lot of things that are um, that we see as evidence in the world that that maybe should at least put someone in doubt of that old Earth belief system. Maybe they still hold hold firm to it. Maybe they still believe it, but they should still recognize it that at the end of the day, it is a belief system. Right. It's like I think a lot of people hold it up as like one thousand percent. No question about it. Billions of years. You're an idiot if you think otherwise. I think that's completely unfounded, completely unfounded. I think you have to take into consideration that whenever you see evidence crop up into our world that maybe is maybe questions that, then you you should at least be objective, at least objective in a way that hey, this maybe maybe this isn't one hundred percent back. I still believe it, but I believe it. You know what I mean? It, it, You can't just throw it up as 100% fact, because as soon as you do that, I think you're losing objectivity and isn't science based on object. Isn't, aren't we told that science is 100% based on objectivity fact truth. Isn't that what science is all about? And so if you see some of these other things that count that are counter to this 100% fact, well, maybe it's not 100% fact anymore. Maybe it's ninety nine percent, but it's not one hundred percent. And so I'm just trying to create like kind of a level playing field that someone who believes in a six thousand year old Earth or six to ten thousand years, whatever that number is, versus a multi billions of years Earth. I'm just trying to put us all in the same level uh, level playing field. Um,
0: yeah, you think you bring up a great point, man, and and that you know I would I would phrase the things you were saying is. Everyone accepts their beliefs on faith. You and me have faith that the Bible's true. The atheists have faith that their scientific books are true, right? And right. so I've had people say to me, uh, "You believe in a book written by man?" Well, I mean, like all of us believe in books written by man. That's not. I mean, you're like you're in the same boat as I am, and so. You know it like, i like it it all has to do with the pre- presupposition like you addressed, and I mean it's all um you know your 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 most advanced scientist you know secular whatever they they will acknowledge that that philosophy is at the foundation of all the sciences mm. right you 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 have that philosophical presupposition to even start with um and so that's, it's important to, to recognize that. Um, and so it's, it, it's faith. And, and I've heard very, some really, um, there's a, a famous comedian, a British comedian who uh, does a lot of staunch atheist comments. And, and he was debating, he was on a late night TV show uh, once. And I guess the, the host was, I guess, some he was a culturally Catholic guy. And so the atheist comedian was debating him and just said, well, if all, if, if all the books in the world were, were burned up, were destroyed, the science books would all be recreated the exact same. And that was the dumbest argument I've ever heard. Like, whenever you're, you're in a, a philosophical dialogue, like, no one on, on a high level uses a, a hypothetical like that. That's stupid. Because the assumption is that God wouldn't prevent his work from being done. But you know what? Your hypotheticals haven't come true. God has preserved his word. So whatever hypothetical you want to create that God wasn't able to is not correct.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's extremely um, illogical. Let me tell you, if you burn all the history books up and you find a dinosaur with uh, blood blood cells in it or blood vessels or whatever it is, what is that going to tell you about the universe? You know, yep. <laughs> like, that it's going to
0: tell you that they didn't <laughs> die 65 million years ago is what it's going to tell you. Right,
1: right. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, there's it... little things like this that should put a little bit of doubt in your your 1,000% sure scientific theory, right? Some, the, here's my problem is some of these things that are coming up should be chipping away at this whole idea that, you know, the earth is billions of years old, at least a little bit. Give it, I mean, give it a little bit of credence. You know, don't just completely dismiss it and be like, oh, that's, ugh. you know, like, I, the way I see this in different belief systems, I see it like a scale, okay? And so let's just say atheism's over here and theism is over here. Well, yeah, maybe you think there's more evidence over here, so you're you're more inclined to believe that theism is untrue, right? That there's no God, but it's this scale still exists, right? And it's like it's not like this is like all the way like this. In my opinion, if you're gonna be if you're gonna be objective about the situation, if you're an atheist, if you're gonna be objective, I think you at least have to put it like right here, you know? Or on the other end, I'm over on this side, right? I'm I'm in the, I'm in the camp that believes that the explanation for the universe is better explained by a creator as opposed to the earth coming out of nothing coming to existence out of nothing that's the explanation right now
0: yeah so So, yeah it also i uh you know i think that all the things you've said henry um you know completely relevant to this topic of how things came to be and i want to add on just real quick that um, more somewhat the theory of evolution, like science is testable, measurable, repeatable, and evolution is none of those things. Um, and so, and I think that sometimes we look, or society, and also wait, wait it's not, it's not society overall. It's it's Western society. The the, Western the the society. other yeah, the other like throughout history, people have not looked to science as answers science doesn't promise or give anything science is this field that we created and it's helpful science is helpful science is a good thing you know who you know who created science in the very beginning god but um you know science does not give us answers in the sense that it it it, it doesn't give us bigger answers like morality and things like that right science doesn't provide those things science is helpful um, but true science is testable measurable repeatable
1: so. yeah yeah i i agree you know i mean we keep we need to have a full episode on things that need to be explained by scientists right? i agree it's like in the west everybody man they have a lot of questions for christians and they're great questions and i'm happy to answer those i agree but I want you to answer some questions too, every once in a while, you know, right. Hey, why don't you explain this? You know, why don't you explain that? Why there's no, there's no fossil record showing a slow evolution from this type of creature to this type of creature that doesn't exist. They can't find that there's these huge leaps an explosion of different you know creatures and whatnot you know there's not like this slow evolution where it's like okay then they were then they were tadpoles and then they were this and then they were that and then they were that and it's like this very slow in fact Char, um i guess it's charles darwin he specifically believed that over time that this would be discovered the fossil record would reveal a slow adaptation evolution of different types of creatures he believed that and he thought just through the passage of time as we had more sampling of the earth that we would find that we haven't found it it's a huge hole in the standard never narrative for evolution anyways i know this is not an evolution episode but
0: but no you brought up a great point about like everybody is on the hook to answer certain questions not christians and it's um, within you know philosophers have developed uh, four aspects of a worldview: uh, or origin, purpose, morality, and destiny. And it, it, everyone's worldview has to answer those questions. It's not just the Christians; everyone's worldview has I to. I
1: agree. And I agree. And I I appreciate. By the way, I appreciate everybody's view on this, um, whether it be older or younger. If I'm not like. I'm not someone who wants to throw everyone else under the bus, you know. I appreciate their view, and I love listening and hearing their viewpoints. And if for any reason that someone were to share a viewpoint and and give me really strong evidence to why I'm clearly wrong, and I come to that conclusion, I'm willing to change my viewpoint. Um, I would ask that other people provi- establish that same criteria for objectivity and searching for the truth. So but I do really appreciate it. And I do love all people. The Bible calls us to love everybody, even people that are wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, let's, you want to dig back into, uh, let's do it.
0: We, we are reading Genesis chapter eight still, aren't we? <laughs> we are. <laughs>
1: there is a modern
0: day Mount Ararat in Turkey. And I've heard people say that that's where the ark is. There's people have snuck up there and found pieces of the ark and so all that i don't know i don't know um i do think it's possible though remember this is this is a long time ago when when this this history book was uh recorded and so it is possible that the mountains of names have changed and that this is a different mount ararat i don't know i mean for me nothing hinges on is this the same mount ararat as the one in southern turkey or wherever it is in turkey right Uh, That doesn't mean a whole lot to me. If it is, cool. Um, Either way, I don't need to go looking for the Ark in the mountains. Um, You know, I believe this is true. But anyway, it's worth noting that some people do place the Ark as potentially having landed in in Turkey, in the the modern-day Mount Ararat.
1: Right. I would agree. Um, You know, the names of things have changed over... The years. Um, if, if I recall correctly, the United States wasn't always called the United States. I'm pretty sure it was called something else before we got here. The Um, new world. Yeah. The new world. Um, so I definitely think there's tons of examples of names changing over time. So yeah, I think that's quite definitely, uh, possible. Any other comments about this first paragraph?
0: No, I think we've tackled it really well. Thoroughly.
1: Yeah, we did. All right. I'll read this next one. You read the, you read the first one, right? Yep. Okay. Then it came about at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark, which he had made. And he sent out a Raven and it flew here and there until the water was dried up from the earth. Then he sent out a dove from him to see if the water was abated from the face of the land. But the dove found no resting place for the sole of her foot. So she returned to him into the ark for the water was on the surface of all the earth. Then he put out his hand and took her and brought her into the ark to himself. So he waited yet another seven days and again, he sent out the dove from the ark. The dove came to him toward evening and behold, in her beak was a freshly picked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the water was abated from the earth. Then he waited yet another seven days and sent out the dove, but she, did not return to him again. So there's a bunch of birds in this section of the yep. paragraph.
0: Raven and dove.
1: What are your? Uh, what do they seem to be doing here?
0: Yeah. Um, so we have the raven um, that that flew out first. Uh, then he sent the dove out. Um, and so I've heard. I heard. You know, maybe there was a difference with uh, the raven as a scavenger um right so maybe the birds could have served different purposes or whatever in the certain phases or order that he sent them out Mm -hmm. so i don't know um but either way i mean i'm sure that you know noah's getting (laughs) i'm sure that noah's wondering hey when when is this ark phase going to be over Mm -hmm. and so he had the birds on the ark with him and so um you know, I'm just imagine being that bird, like, you know, you how far out do you fly, you know, <laughs> right. and uh, for, make sure you have enough energy to get back just in case. But, but <laughs> I was uh, thinking that as well, like, yeah,
1: birds have got to be pretty smart. To, I wonder, like, it yeah. sounds like these birds were not dumb enough to fly too far to where they weren't too exhausted to get back. I think yeah. birds can also, like when they're tired, they can float in the water, too. So. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, well, n- n- nature is. I mean, God made nature with just this instinctual survival, you know, methods, and so yeah. No, I mean, birds are smart, and I mean, um, you know, Noah used them skillfully, right? And so, so, so that's cool. Um, we see that the toward the end, he did the the dove actually did come back with with uh, I think a fig branch or something in its beak and so olive leaf olive leaf my bad olive leaf
1: freshly picked
0: yep freshly picked so yeah freshly picked olive leaf so it showed that the water had subsided at least in certain areas and that maybe it was getting closer to getting out of the arc time
1: oh and this wasn't a dead plant either whatever olive tree that this came from are your trees do trees grow on on do olives grow in trees
0: Olives. I thought olives grew on, uh, uh, like, plants, um, or, like... Um,
1: they do grow on trees.
0: They do? Okay, cool.
1: Well, I just typed in olive tree, and there's pictures coming up.
0: Okay. I don't know. I, I personally don't touch olives, so I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, they grow up on olives. You would, you would know if you ate it. If adults, yeah though.
0: well i mean i know that i man you I know, do the, know
1: you know where the rest of your produce comes from
0: i do i know that oranges grow on trees and apples grow on trees i've picked apples off trees personally i'll have you know mm. and eaten them
1: mm. really yeah Where was this like
0: though this was in mexico me and a whole bunch of kids were riding on the roof of a bus or like a van Wow. We're going through this uh, area where they had like orchard, apple orchards and the apple orchards are so like big that the orchard trees are growing up over the road. So we're just like, boom, 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 picking them and eating them. It was awesome. Really? Yeah. It tasted good. Wow. Yep.
1: That sounds like a really, that sounds really awesome. If it's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Okay. Hmm. Uh, Uh, Yeah,
0: I've had a moment with a bird, though, and it was biblical. So check this out. One time, so there's this book. um, It's called "The Disciples Cross Master Life." So Master Life, Disciples Cross, and it's like this cool. You know, it's like a it's like a growing with with uh, growing in your faith Christian faith book, and so. I remember that I was super faithful. This was like in, this was years ago. So I was doing my book every day and I brought it to work and I would do it during lunch. And so I went to this, uh, we used to work downtown and there was this opening area that was away from all the restaurants. And so I go out in this little opening area and uh, I was doing, you know, my book, my little quiet time or whatever. And I was writing and this bird came and landed right beside me. And he looked at me. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is awesome. Like, right, I'm going to become friends with this bird. He looked at me, and I was like, what? Like, he's going to be my friend. This is crazy. And then he looked, and there was this giant insect, like, near my feet. And so I was like, oh, like, he's here. Like, he's super hungry, but he's like, you know, it's a risk, right? Because, I mean, I could be a predator or something. So he looked at me. He looked at the insect. And I just remember I wanted this moment to happen, so I didn't say anything or I didn't move. So he looked at me again and he hopped down by my feet, grabbed the insect, started eating and was looking. We were, were, you know, we were looking at each other's eyes while he was eating the bug and then he flew away. But I just, I thought it was a cool moment um, that I shared with that bird. Like me and that bird were friends. It was like, a, um, you know, it was like, hey, uh, uh, I forgot that word that you use when you're like not going to fight somebody or
1: whatever. Um, Amicable.
0: Yeah, yeah, we were like uh, non-confrontational. It was like, yeah, but anyway, um, you know. So anyway, we had that that moment. I thought I thought it was cool.
1: I had a moment with a bird. Non-violent.
0: No, it, it's like that when you call like uncle or you call like uh, you, you you like you're not gonna fight. like Surren- anyway. Surrender. No, no, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. No. So. <laughs> <That's> it.
1: <laughs> All right, let's get out to the source. We gotta yeah. get to the bottom of this.
0: <laughs> yeah, but me and that bird were friends. Um, you
1: really don't know what this word is.
0: No, so it's like the word, like truce. It, it's called. It's a truce, right? Mm. So it's like this truce. Like, hey, we're not gonna have any kind of issues right now. It's a truce, you know. So anyway.
1: So it wasn't like a lot of. It was like it was like this. It wasn't like this.
0: Right. I mean, I, I mean, so I, I wasn't concerned about anything. Obviously birds don't come hang out with people. Right. Cause they're trying to be careful, but it was like, it this bug was worth the risk for him to take. And it was enjoyable to me to like hang out with that bird. Cause he, he landed right next to me, dude. Like I'm sitting on this step and he landed right next to me and like looked up at me and I'm like, yeah, dude, we could be friends. But anyway, it was this really cool moment with this bird. Um, Very cool. Yeah. But yeah, but uh, I want to hear your more your thoughts, man. Any other thoughts about the birds and no, no, no.
1: <laughs> you nailed it. You really nailed that. No. You, you really extracted a lot of data out of that paragraph. Yeah, good job.
0: <laughs> no, not really. I was yeah. No, I mean not you. I I I didn't have an Excel spreadsheet about birds <laughs> and olives and all that kind of stuff. But I just hit the high points. <laughs> Uh, all right we ready to pick back up in verse 13
1: i think i'm ready okay all right go ahead
0: now it came about in the 601st year in the first month on the first of the month the water was dried up from the earth then noah removed the covering of the ark and looked and behold the surface of the ground was dried up and the second month on the 27th day of the month the earth was dry Then God spoke to Noah, saying, Go out of the ark, you and your wife, and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with every living thing of all flesh that is with you, birds and animals and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, that they may breed abundantly on the earth. Be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out, and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, and every bird, everything that moves on the earth, went out by their families from the ark. Yeah. So now, uh, I, I like this one. So Noah, even though I'm sure he's got to have a lot of anticipation to get off the ark, we see Noah, as a man of faith, waited until God spoke to him and said, go out of the ark. Then that's when Noah went out, only after God told him.
1: I... completely agree God spoke to Noah saying go out of the ark and then verse 18 so Noah went out and yeah that's that's pretty incredible right you know it sounds like it doesn't sound like it specifically says that this ark was resting on top of Mount Ararat and they might have been eager to get out of a big potentially smelly boat that they've been in for the last very long time, 12, around 12 months. And instead, no ended up waiting for God to kind of give, for God to give him the go ahead. And yeah, I think, uh, there's an excellent application to be taken from that. So, couldn't agree more. Um, Okay, cool. Do you want to read this next section?
0: Yeah. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. The Lord smelled the soothing aroma, and the Lord said to himself, I will never again curse the ground on account of man. For the intent of man's heart is evil from his youth, and I will never again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. So we see that the first thing Noah does is uh, make an offering, make a burnt offering to the Lord. Right. So um, just in in Noah's, we see Noah's uh, gratefulness and appreciation, right? His attitude um, toward God in this action.
1: And as you mentioned in a previous episode that the reason why they know it might take extra clean animals is so that he can make a burnt offering. You see here that this burnt offering was made of clean animals and not of unclean animals. There seems to also be a covenant that God's making here as well. Is that correct?
0: That is, but I feel like the whole bunch of covenant language is actually made in chapter nine so i want to push you off for one more chapter about your your covenant talk
1: right so god says we'll we'll give him a little bit of a teaser to that then the lord said to himself i will never again curse the ground on account of man i will never again destroy every living thing as i have done So in terms of a worldwide catastrophe um, implemented by God, it seems like God's saying that's never going to happen. Obviously, I will also mention here for the intent of man's heart is evil from the youth. You and me have had long discussions about original sin. And so Mm -hmm. this idea of the intent of man's heart is evil from his youth. This might be a verse that might back up this whole idea of original sin that from Adam came sin and when he when adam and eve sinned sin penetrated their dna Mm -hmm. and they gave birth to
0: little sinners
1: (laughs) that's right little sinners that were born into sin
0: yep And, and and that's why we you know the bible says there was no one perfect but God, and so we're we all we are all born as sinners, and, right. and we need Christ as our Savior. Right. Um, and we do we do struggle against the temptations of the flesh, you know, and um, uh, you know struggle with sin. And so, um, you know, Christ is the solution to those things. Right. He's the only solution to those things.
1: Right. So, yeah, and then it looks like um, there's a little poem here as well. Anyways, I really enjoyed reading Chapter 8 with you today. I agree, it was good. We went over a lot. Uh, We went over this um, from the very beginning of this chapter. We learned that um, how God ultimately receded the waters and how the water receded what and what process was the water receded how the tops of the mountains were seen and how the water receded gradually and noah sends out these birds to go check on where there might be dry ground
0: yeah and this is a totally different world now right i mean this is well this is you know noah finally gets off the ark and the old world had been flooded and destroyed and now it's started over that's you right
1: know? so then Noah waits until god commands them to get off the ark yep they get off the ark noah puts in a burnt, uh does a burnt offering to the lord yep. with clean animals and then god says i'll never again destroy every living thing as i've done yep anyways really interesting stuff Um, with that said really enjoyed this looking forward to chapter 9 hope you have a really great day and bros let's let's keep powering through this Bible study let's keep getting in the mix every single day feel free to read ahead but we're already Genesis 1 through 8 I'm really excited We're powering through the Bible. And and we're powering through it in a way in which we're really learning.
0: Yeah, I agree. This
1: isn't like a speed read, right? This is kind of a slow and steady. Before you know it, you will have read the whole Bible. Yep. And you'll know it really in depth. So, I agree. Thank you for joining us today, bros. And I hope you have a brotastic bro day.
0: Yeah, broski. <laughs>
1: okay, peace out. See us. See you.